Welcome back to another episode of Bombshell 1111 Girl Talk Series Podcast. Bombshell 1111 is a platform created to teach ways to nourish the mind, body, and soul. This platform allows this podcast to create weekly content on podcasts with special guests each week that will stimulate your spiritual, mental, and physical growth. The podcasts are played on social media platforms such as Spotify, YouTube, Anchor Radio Station, Apple Podcasts, and more. This station has been created to allow us to interact with each other to share knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and light. So without Without further ado, please help me welcome your host and founder of Bombshell 1111 Girl Talk Series, Kia. Back everybody to another episode of Bombshell 1111 Podcast Therapy for Women of Color. My name is Kia and I'm your host. Tonight, you guys, we have a very special guest by the name of Dr. Lisa. As you guys have read in her bio, she has many, 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 many talents. Um, so, so that I don't get anything incorrect, I will let her introduce herself by telling us who she is, where she, where she's from, and what she does. So, without further ado, let's welcome her to the podcast. Welcome, Dr. Lisa. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? And thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited for you to be uh, part of Bombshell 1111 podcast because the information that you're going to share tonight, I know a lot of parents will definitely, definitely tune in for this because it's going to be beneficial for those that have that are raising children that may, you know, deal with some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'll just give the short story. Okay. I am... Um, a social worker with a PhD. I'm an advocate and a researcher. I'm also a clinical hypnotherapist, and I've been the president and CEO of Parents Anonymous Inc., one of the oldest family strengthening organizations in the world um, for almost 30 years now. We've been around 51. Started by a mom who needed help and created this program, the idea that the power of a group that when we reduce our isolation, when we feel comfortable reaching out to other people, we build community and how important that is and how important that is during this pandemic that's hitting every, every person in our entire United States and in the entire world. People feel lonely and isolated. And we also operate a helpline, 1-855-427-2736. Um, people can go to our various websites to get resources. They can have their kids even call us. We'll talk to parents and young people um, who need that emotional support because we believe that asking for help is a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. And you need to keep asking for help to get the right kind of help because sometimes you reach out to a friend, a professional, go to a program and it's not right for you. So you need to keep, you deserve to get the help you need. And you need to believe that. So Dr. Lisa, for those individuals that um, may be dealing with the underlying mental health issue, um, can you just kind of help us understand or help people that are dealing with that? How 
how do they talk about that to the rest of their family so that they are able to get the help that they need if they need that support system around them um, to deal with that particular issue? Well, I think the first thing is that you need to recognize that there are some people in your family who may not know how to listen. And picking out that person who you need to reach out to, it could be a friend, it could be somebody outside of your family. It could be somebody in your spiritual circle, um, your neighbor circle, and maybe you don't know, and that's very scary. So the first thing is to let people know what you need. They might not ask you what you need, but you need to say what you need. I need you to listen to me. Do you have 30 minutes? Can you sit on Zoom? Can you sit on the phone with me? Can you just listen to me, vent, talk about things? You know, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. And if the person says, no, you know, go take a bath, curl your hair, get a glass of wine. It's nothing. That kind of person is not the person that's going to respond to you. So you need to think about how you want to say it, who you might reach out to. And that's why people love the helpline because they're calling a trained caring counselor, but they're not seeing them face to face and they're not their neighbor and they're not the family member. And people like to pour their heart out to people who are listeners. And that's what we pride ourselves that We are not about to tell you what to do. We're about to help you in your journey. And sometimes people need to emote. They need to deal with those underlying issues all the fear and uncertainty we feel. And if you feel you had problems before the coronavirus that maybe you were kind of ignoring, it's probably you're feeling worse because everybody's feeling the uncertainty, the anxiety, Um, schools are open, schools are closed. My boss keeps calling me and my kids keep coming in. I mean, parents today have to multitask in ways we never understood. Because you assume your kid was in preschool or in childcare and you were at work. And there was a certain amount of hours of the day where your employer thought, well, you're going to be doing your job, not your other six jobs, mom, wife, spouse, roommate, whatever. Okay. Or taking care of elderly parents. And now parents are juggling all those things in the home setting because so many schools tried to open, had to close. Parents are fearful. Um, their first responders and their families are staying in hotels, staying away. The numbers are surging. So reaching out and asking for help, I think our helpline is a great option. Also, you can, if you live in California, you can chat or text us. Um, we have additional services. We don't turn people down if they start chatting through our website and they don't exactly live in California. But um, the idea is that we went to the governor and said, You can't tell everybody to stay at home on March 19th and not say no parent needs help because that's Mm -hmm. ridiculous because we all need help. And Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is that there are other things that people can do themselves. I'm a big advocate of meditation. People Mm -hmm. say, oh, that's so woo-woo. And actually on December 9th, and we can send your listeners the link, we're going to do a live Facebook. We've done it before. And I will teach people how to meditate, kind of break it down, So it doesn't feel so foreign affairs because the science about meditation that the the longer you meditate, not each time, but it has a cumulative effect on lowering that cortisol, which is that fight or flight hormone in our brain, helping people be calmer, more focused by growing gray matter in your brain. It doesn't cost money unless you pay somebody to do it. 
You can listen to any app you like. You can just listen to music. You can do it on your own. You don't need to go to a training course. You can watch people on YouTube meditating and say, hey, that looks like what I want to do. Find the one that fits for you. So there are things that we can do every day that we need to do for our heart, mind, and soul. And I'm a big proponent of laughing. We yeah. don't and we don't smile up. I know mm-hmm. you got that laugh. I hear it in you. I hear mm-hmm. it in your voice when you call me. It's like I'm <laughs> smiling right now just because you're laughing. And that is releasing all these endorphins in my brain that have mm-hmm. incredible value. It didn't cost me any money. It didn't take me four <laughs> hours to do. I didn't have to go to college, get a job, have somebody say, are you good enough to do it? No, I'm doing it because I'm taking care of me. And those yeah. things we can teach our kids to do. You can do it together. Even studies that have shown fake laughing has the same impact as regular laughing. <laughs> they showed them, like, there you go, you're laughing. And they measured, they put these electrodes on their brain and they measured the responses. And they told people, this group of people, fake laugh. And then they showed people like a funny movie that they were just naturally laughing. And they said, no difference, no difference, no difference. It's great. So these are things that don't cost any money that we all need to do. And it's scary to tell somebody you need help. It's scary to say to somebody, I really need you to listen to me. I'm going through mm-hmm. some stuff and I'm not sure what to do. So with that being said, Dr. Lisa, how does a, a child or a parent or even an adult, um, how are they able to recognize when they need help or when to start to worry about their mental health? Okay. Are there any specific, uh, yeah. you know, flat red flags? Well, this is for adults or kids, any kind of dramatic change in behavior. So this could be not sleeping or oversleeping. Okay. So a regular change of behavior is people go to sleep at night, right? They sleep through the night. Generally they wake up in the morning, but if they can't sleep all night long, and it's just a pattern that's going on and on and on, or they seem to want to sleep like, you know, when everybody went to sheltered in, people said, well, you know, my kids, I want them to stay up late and, you know, school wasn't really ready for us. And they were having kids like sleep, all these crazy patterns. I let them stay up to two in the morning. I'm like, wow. And they're sleeping until like 11 o'clock the next day. And the parents said, well, I'm getting my work done for those morning hours, but everybody was all cycled. So changes that are dramatic, like not sleeping or not eating. Okay. When you know your kid, you know, well, they're a picky eater. That's one thing to be a picky eater for them to say, oh, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry all the time. Or they're hoarding food and they seem to be overeating. I just want to eat chocolate. I just want to eat popcorn. You know, we're not in school. You know, you know, we're all locked up at home. I need these things. And parents, you know, need to be careful about rewarding with food because that can create a, an eating problem. But the best thing you can do is be observant. Is your child acting the way they normally do? A lot of people are saying, well, it's just coronavirus. They can't see their friends. They're not paying their sports. They can't go to piano lessons. You know, they're worried about their classes. They can't learn math this way. I mean, there's all this worry. So the question is, when does the worry seem to get so much that the child's behavior or your behavior is out of sync with what you consider to be your regular pattern? Reading yourself and reading your kids. I say to my husband all the time, eyes on the prize. Watch them, watch them, watch them. You'll learn what they do. You'll learn when they're moody. You'll learn whether or not meh, they just don't want to talk. You know, mm-hmm. um, some mm-hmm. kids adapt very well 
to online learning. Great. I don't know how many parents calls and say, well, one kid is fine. The other one is crying all the time. They can't learn the math. They can't reach the teacher. They can't do this. They can't see their friends and they can't stand being at home. And so every child is not the same. So understanding that their temperament is different and how they react to it. You know, the kid who trips and has a boo-boo, they're bleeding from their knee and they get up and it goes nothing, right? And then the next kid, they, 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 they scrape their knee and they're crying for 10 minutes. It seems like 10 minutes, right? <laughs> so the temperament that we have as humans, that we're all human beings and we need to give some room for slack. Maybe they're not going to do their homework perfectly. Maybe the teachers are not going to be available all the time. Maybe learning is going to be slower. That is for sure. We got to give ourselves a break. We are living in a pandemic that we have not seen for a hundred years, not in our lifetime. We're not that old. Okay. We didn't live back then. So we don't, we, this is all new territory for us. So oftentimes, you know, parents think it should be exactly the way. I mean, I remember somebody interviewed a kid and said, hold off parents, you know, we get recess, we get breaks, you know, calm down. It doesn't have to be, you know, all this regulation and the parents need to cut themselves a break. You know, they might not understand the math that's going on and they can't help their kid and they can't afford a tutor and they need to help advocate for the teacher to give more one-on-one to the child. And depending on the age of the child, the child needs to get support from the parent to advocate for themselves. Text your teacher, call your teacher, find out who else in the class you think is doing good with this. Can you, can you get a study buddy? You know, you want to be engaged when kids are disengaged. They don't want to ever talk. And they were talking before. I'm not, people say, oh, that's just the moody teenager or the moody middle school child. You know your child. I wouldn't label them anything. When you know your child, you'll know. Is that like a little more than normal? Is that a little more? Are they getting pressured more? Are they feeling this more? You know, are they clinging to you more? Do they want to sleep in bed with you now? I mean, there are kids who were potty trained and said, no, I want to go back to diapers, you know? I mean, parents were saying the kids were regressing developmentally because they were afraid. Well, those really young kids don't really understand what's going on, but now they see everybody with masks on. And they're wondering, well, what's that? You know, I mean, they can talk at four. I mean, they can, you know, some people, kids don't get potty trained at three, two and a half. They can say a few words and they're, they're looking around. And remember, kids are like a sponge. The more honest you are with your kids within the realm of their developmental ability, okay? So what you say to a 17-year-old is not what you can say to a five-year-old because they're not going to grasp it. But Mm -hmm. saying, I feel this too. You know, I don't know what's around the corner for us, but we're here as a family. So the two things parents keep needing to do is affirm their feelings and their child feelings. If their child's scared, I'm really scared, mom. You know, I'm scared I'm not going to do well and I'm not going to get no college. And, you know, I, I miss so much and I don't get it. You want to acknowledge, I understand you're scared. Because the minute you want to kind of kiss the boo-boo away, you're just telling them to sink that feeling way down. You want them to say, what are you scared about? Well, you know, I want to get into this college. And if I don't do good in this class, I won't get into that college. Well, you don't know that. There are many factors how you get into college. Um, And I would imagine that colleges might be looking at college essays differently 
and admittance differently and things like that because of the coronavirus. And, um, but the first thing you need to do is ask your kids, how do you feel? Oh, I'm fine. I love that one. I'm fine. 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 It's like when you used to ask me to come home <laughs> to school, how's school? It's boring. It's nothing, mom. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> but that might be a regular pattern for them. Now you have to find some other ways in. Show me something you're working on. I need to learn something new. You know, show me something you're proud of. You see the difference in saying, why haven't you done your homework? Why haven't you picked up your school? Ordering kids around all the time is, is, is not having a relationship with them. It's just being, um, you know, a director. And we still have to do that. Got to get for school. Did you brush your teeth? It's, it's, it's. But you want to have that other times like, hey, just let's sit here and giggle or tell me your favorite story or what happened today or something silly. Or if you dreamed into the future five years, where would you be? What would you want to do? You need to open your kids up to that kind of conversation, which moves us away from coronavirus for the moment and gets us into thinking about the future. So when kids express worry or don't, how are you feeling? You need to be able to say, I hear you. You want to affirm their feelings. I get it. You're scared. I'm scared too. The second thing you want to do is tell them, um, you got this. I know we'll get through it. You're going to get through it. Two things. Affirming the feelings make them feel like, oh, it's okay to have these feelings. Because people who hide away from their feelings, that usually turns into depression or anxiety, right? Because we're just sinking them inside. And then it comes out with, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I can't do this. I can't do that. Well, it might be more than nerves. Anything on an extreme level of not just I'm feeling sad or disoriented, but the child doesn't want to get out of bed, doesn't want to talk to their friends, grandma calls on Zoom, they don't want to talk, and there were a chatterbox before, that kind of dramatic change, you may need to seek help from a professional. Sit down and say, how are you really feeling? What do you mean? Because some kids don't know how to express their feelings, right? They don't understand. Mm -hmm. I'm just pissed. I'm just mad. I, I, I'm sick of being home. Okay. But what's underneath that? So what is mostly underneath that is fear and loss and sadness. That's what drives mm -hmm. us. And that turns into angst and depression and all kinds of other things. You know, people say they're all mad about this and they're mad about that. Well, that's just an outward expression of things. It's very hard to deal with you're angry. What's really driving it? I'm angry because I'm scared. You know? I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, in a, I'm in middle school thinking like, if I don't learn this stuff in middle school, how do I go to high school, mom or dad or grandma or auntie or, you know, or, or cousin, mm -hmm. you know, and you want to open up all the communication you can and be ready for anything. Now, if kids say that they don't want to live anymore, you need to take it seriously. No doubt about it. Don't say, oh, that was just a thought. No. Our suicide rates are going up and even with young children and it's sort of like an unspoken taboo. It's like when people said, oh, boys will be boys or girls will be girls. No, 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 no. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. What is this behavior you're excusing for their gender? Okay. So if any child who's on ADHD medication or any kind of medication and the doctor says, you know, here are the warnings, here are the warning signs, then parents need to be aware. And if those behaviors come up or those thoughts are feeling they need to call back the person who prescribed the medicine to them and immediately yeah. have them change it do not say oh well they said come back in three months no if you're worried about anything you need to approach 
that mental health professional or physician who gave you that medication say, this is not working, um, he's feeling sad, you know, and clearly um, there are kids who cannot take stimulant drugs for ADHD and become suicidal mm-hmm. or have at least suicidal mm-hmm. ideation. And that's another yeah. thing. The parents need to be aware of the tablets the schools gave them. Okay. This is a big one. People think that the school somehow, they do monitor where the kids are going and sometimes they're able to block things, but there are predators out there, cyber predators, and they can get in your computers. And they're, what are they looking for? Lonely and isolated children. And who's not lonely and isolated? Mm-hmm. Um, they'll go into chat. So you need to ask kids, where are they going? What are they chatting? What are they doing? Oh, I met this new friend. There's this whole story. You have this... This, this young boy, maybe 15, and this girl, she was all lonely, and your family sounds so great. I want to come to your house. And I'm not going to come in. I just want to stand in your yard. He gives the address out. This girl comes to the yard. She happened to be a young girl. But the mother's like, well, what are you doing? You can't invite strangers here. You, you don't know who you're talking to. And a lot of people in those chat rooms, they're not kids. They're adults. Yeah. They're adults. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought these points up because it kind of leads into actually the next few questions that I had for you, Dr. Okay. Lisa. Um, what do you feel um, or if, um, in your opinion, does gender uh, play a role in the impact on mental health as it relates to a, 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 a boy or a girl or a man or a woman? Does that play a role? Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Because either, in your opinion, how? Well, because you're stereotyping. So people stereotype girls as emotional and boys as unemotional. And so they treat males in our society who try to express their feelings as that's not a manly thing to do and shut people down. And so men who may be suffering rightfully from depression or anxiety or loss or sadness don't feel validated, will not share that and could become very more depressed and more anxious because of that, because they don't feel accepted. Females are, well, you're too emotional anyway. So the minute somebody starts crying or needs support, oh, there she goes again. People get, women get, women and young girls get teased all the time for being too emotional. Shuts them down. Mm -hmm. You're, we're, as a human being in a community, we're supposed to be supportive of people. But people judge, prejudge, and then blame them. Just, Just get over those tears. You cried enough. You fell down, you bumped your knee, cry enough. You know, we don't cry in our family, we, we, you know, et cetera. And so there are also family values that go around about the roles of females and males in the family, you know? And so, and there are also a lot of tab- taboos. I have a very, very close friend who's African-American and he said he had to get over himself to deal with the fact that his son had bipolar disorder and that he himself would not believe it. He could not believe mm-hmm. that his son had a condition that needed serious treatment. It's not going to go away yeah. by having an ice cream cone when you're 13 or, you know, letting him play video games all day. This is a lifelong condition that he as a father said, mm-hmm. I had to resurrect myself twice. I had to get over my prejudice about nobody in my family is going to have this problem. And then I had to be ready to help him and support him. Yep. And now he's a grown adult and he still needs the same support. These things don't go away. People learn to manage it. People take medication, go to treatment. 
there's no magic bullet when it comes to our well-being. There's very few. And you just spoke. I'm sure. sorry. And you just spoke of something um, that I was going to ask you as well. I'm glad you said that word treatment, because some people think that if you do have a mental health um, issue, that you only have to take medication in order to get. Absolutely you know, um, to cope with it, whether that being an adult or a child, but Dr. Lisa, could you let the audience and the listeners know what are just, you know, just a few different types of treatment so that they know that there are multiple options. Yes. There is no pill in America that will totally 100% wipe away anxiety on a long-term basis or depression or even more serious things like bipolar or schizophrenia. They help you manage it. The best way to describe is like, um, it's like a good starting point, okay? Some people, they go on six or seven different kinds of antidepressants to deal with depression, but they still need to go to therapy on an individual basis or in a group, find a group of people that they can go to group counseling and build community. That's really, really important. Okay. You can, there are, um, you can call helpline like parents and office helpline. You can call other kinds of helplines to talk out your problems. Okay. To put together a plan. How will you cope? What triggers your anxiety? What makes you feel so depressed? COVID is a very big thing, but breaking it down for you or me is different. How I react to that, how you react and understanding what that reaction is. So a trained professional can help you explore the, you can learn some techniques to cope and help prevent them from happening. And sometimes medicine helps people take that edge off. Okay, it's just like with ADHD, there's some parents that refuse to give their kids the medication because the stimulants have so many side effects. Other people say it's a godsend. At least my child can concentrate till four o'clock in the afternoon. Then the medication wears off and he has to, he or she has to do other coping mechanisms, which meditation is very helpful. Learning how to ground yourself. Kids can learn what's the trigger that makes you feel this way. When you, you know, they don't understand the underlying issues. It's like, you're really mad right now. What are you mad about? You know, well, Johnny took my pencil and, and my brother's getting more attention. Whatever it is, you need to talk it out. But as a parent, you can't do all the work. It is no shame in asking for help. I say it again. Asking for help is a sign of strength. You wouldn't leave. If somebody came up to you and said, you know, I, I need directions somewhere. You wouldn't say, I'm going to give you directions. You know, automatically. And you feel good about it. Because when you help respond to others, it makes us feel good inside. It's more serious to ask for other kinds of help, but go to your pediatrician, go to your primary care doctor. There's many things you can go online and look up resources for a therapist. If you think you want to do that, go to, I, I do clinical hypnotherapy with people who have depression, and anxiety. That's a specific technique. Educate yourself. That's the first thing. And don't believe everything you read on the internet. I'm sorry. So make sure you look at the source that it looks like a reputable source. Is that the Harvard health review? Is that, you know, web MD or is that somebody's opinion on a chat room about what they think, um, you know, autism is, and you think your kid might have autism. That's a very serious disorder. And you don't want to just take the opinions of others. If you don't have a clear diagnosis, you might want to say, you know, his behavior is this or that. And I don't understand it and seek out information. But ultimately, you want one person to look at your child 
or you saying, hey, do you have these symptoms? Do you feel this way? Explain it to me. Tell me how it feels. And think about it this way when you seek treatment. It's like a load off my shoulders. It's like I'm walking around. I'm holding the whole world up. I'm holding the whole family up. The kids are in school. I'm doing work. My spouse or partner or whatever, we're, we're surviving, you know, et cetera. Whoa, what a relief. I can talk to somebody about it. I am like overwhelmed. You, when you say mental health, people run the other way. I say well-being. Mm-hmm. What is your mind, body, and soul well-being? Are you eating well? Or are you mm-hmm. sleeping well? Your soul is about whatever you think are your values spiritually. Okay? Your mind is, are you using your mind in really good ways? Are you expanding your mind? Are you applying yourself? Are you happy with your work? Et cetera, et cetera. You know? And and you'll know that in your feelings. You, you will know that being true to yourself. Are you doing this job because somebody else said, you know, that's the job you should be doing? Is that a career you want to be doing? Some people have lost their job and found new careers during coronavirus. Some people are just overwhelmed with being unemployed. Yeah. Um, and that's the truth. So even when you use the word mental health, people think, oh, that's crazy people. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about it as well-being. Think about it, sort of replace that word mental health with well-being. Am I happy? Am I satisfied in life? What do I want to do? Am I sleeping? Am I getting any exercise? Am I eating well? Again, we have to, we're humans. We have to feed our body, mind, body, and soul. We just cannot ignore any of those aspects of ourselves. And when we do, like parents who want to sacrifice everything for their kids, it's like, what did the pilot say on the plane? When they said, the first thing you have to do when the air mask comes down, is you need to put it on yourself before you help the person next right. to you. And people say, oh, we, right. you, that's just a good advice. I said, no, the pilot's telling you something even more significant. If you don't, you might not live through this process because if you mm-hmm. cannot breathe, how can you help the next person? And it's not about being selfish. It's about taking care of yourself so that you can help another. If you don't take care of yourself as a parent, how can you be there for your kid? If you can't calm yourself down, how can they calm themselves down? And you might tell your kids, look, I'm going through some stuff right now. I'm getting help. You don't have to be specific with kids, but kids get scared when they see parents exhibiting different kinds of behaviors and they want to make everything fine. And they're like sponges. They just absorb everything, which is really amazing. Um, but at the same time, they're really sent. Some can be really sensitive or they can be like, oh, well, whatever. You know, and they walk away, but they're still impacted by it. You know, kids yeah. see parents yeah. as the anchor. So when the anchor sort of shook, is the boat going to rock a little bit? Is it going to be really stable? Maybe, maybe not. And then they worry. And so you want to tell them, I'm going through some things, but I'm getting the help I need. And I'm so glad you're here for me. And I'm always here for you. And then you might have to seek other friends or family help support you in those roles because we can't do it all alone right right and with that being said dr lisa um we are just at the end of our time but before we end i wanted to allow some time so for you to briefly talk about the helpline again because you did mention it throughout the podcast but for those individuals that may need um that help or may be shy 
and, and you know, not want others to know, can you provide the number Absolutely. again? And, um, and the website. Yeah. So the helpline yes. is to get emotional support. You can call it, you can text it, and you can go on the website and live chat. And you can also send us an email. So it's one 427 2736 that's for anybody in the parent or caregiver role. It could be grandma worried about their grandkids. It could be, you know, my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend's kids have been in my life a long time. I'm concerned about them, what's going on with them. It could be, you know, a neighbor, whoever. Um, and young people can also call us. The thing that's really important is that um, people like to live chat. Because then there's no record of it. Maybe they don't want to text. It's on their phone. Um, and other people just like to call. Um, we accept calls in any language. Um, we have live um, counselors who speak English and Spanish because that's the most common languages. But And we have a lot of resources on our website. So um, our newest website is caparentyouthhelpline.org. And you can even click down, um, there's a whole resource by the age of your child, and look about some summaries and give you some ideas. There's some resources that are very specific to services in California, but the information about child development and what's going on. And there's a great section on how to talk about prejudice and racism with your kids, no matter what age they are. So there are also some pod um, casts and there are links to other interviews you can go to. And there's a great public service announcement by the first partner of California, Jennifer Seibel Newsom, who's a mama for and said, you know, you deserve the help and the help's here for you. And she did a beautiful PSA. Um, and there are stories by parents and young people on there. So if you want to listen to others, why did they seek help? Is that me? Is this for me? And I say, keep seeking the help you need because asking for help is a sign of strength. And one size does not fit all. Wow. Well, Dr. Lisa, I would like to thank you again for coming on and sharing all that knowledge with us tonight. Um, it was very, very, I mean, you even taught me some things. You had me thinking about my daughters um, Good. and thinking about implementing some things into my life when you said, um, you know, not just being so routine, um, taking that time out to say, hey, come on, let's just talk. It could be, you know, what's your favorite story or, you know, what do you want to do? Or just be years? silly. You know, I used to do those. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to do that with them. But like you said, with COVID that came in, me working from home and me doing the podcast, I'm just work, 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 work. So I think that's, I think that that was a great, great, great idea. I'm going to implement that. You're so welcome. thank you. It's my pleasure. And so you guys, without further ado, I would like to, again, thank Dr. Lisa for coming on and being a part of Bombshell 1111 podcast. Um, Dr. Lisa, can you please provide the audience with your contact information in case someone wants to reach out to get some services from you guys as well? The best way to do that is through our website, caparentyouthhelpline.org. There's a contact sheet in there. And you can sign up for our newsletter and our newsletters are up there or you can sign up for a group or you can send us an email directly through the website. That's the best way. That'll be the fastest way um, to get to somebody to respond to you as well as just call. And if we are busy, please leave a message because we will call you back. 
And even if you say, you know, I'm only available this hour to this hour, tell us because the messages are picked up immediately once we finish talking to the person who just called before you. Okay. Well, you guys, you heard it here. And with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. And always remember, you are a bomb within your own shell. Peace, love, and light, you guys. Until the next time, good night. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate, review, and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you're leaving with some valuable information that can help you on your personal journey. Also, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Bombshell1111 or at Bombshell1111 TV. You can also check out our mental health page, Your Health is Your Wealth, on Facebook, which is a page created to inform and support individuals with mental health and other health conditions. And with that being said, always remember, you guys, you are a bomb within your own shell. Until next time, peace, love, and light.